I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I don't need to adopt a bird to know that I hate to tweet. (laughs) You may be about the mess, but I'm all about the money. Us. If anybody finds them, please slide it to my DMs. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It is episode 170. Lord wow. help us. I know. Wow. Um, wow is what's up. And speaking of wow, I am so excited to be joined by a new co-host on the People's People's Quarantine Style Couch. None other then news and entertainment journalist, pop culture expert, and the king of YouTube, it's Mr. Richie Sky. Richie Sky, I love it. I'm great. How are you? (laughs) Good. Welcome to Andy's Girls. I have to tell you, people have been sending me your vids since (laughs) I don't even know how far back. You are an OG of the YT. So I am so appreciative that someone who just casually has a hundred thousand subscribers plus on YouTube, no big deal. Like no prop, <laughs> just like a, a young, like emerging talent with his hundred K plus subscribers, you guys subscribers. I'm so appreciative that we are talking today. How are you doing? You're recording in Miami. Yes, Mom. I am in Miami. The weather is a little up and down today. Um, I'm good, though. I'm excited to be here. And I'm excited that Potomac is back. Beverly Hills is still on. Real Housewives of New York is still on. 
it's kind of like an extravaganza right now. So I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, so am I. And I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, which is how many of us were devastated when they pushed back Potomac. Potomac filmed essentially eight years ago. It was a different time. <laughs> they, it, they, you know, the, the premiere for it itself was going to be further back from when they actually recorded, if that makes sense. Like, there was definitely a gap between the original premiere date and when they finished recording. Then they pushed it back. It was a pandemic for my heart and soul. It was mm -hmm. a Potomac pandemic. Then I realized, wait a second, there's going to be a period of time in which Potomac is the only franchise on air. So there is now no excuse for um, Bravoholics to not watch because eventually, sorry guys, New York's going to be gone, Beverly Hills yep. is going to be gone, and the best franchise on TV is going to be the only one standing and currently airing. And... God forbid we have a second wave. Who better <laughs> to make us feel safe and secure than Karen Huger's confessional looks? Oh, my God. Giselle, just every moment of the day, whatever Candace is attempting every <laughs> Sunday night. Like, it's going to be fantastic. So I just have to say shout out to Bravo I was one of those people who was like, no, 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 I need it. I need it now. And now I realize heart makes the heart, uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And also, you're, you know what? You're right. This is exactly super, super smart. What were your thoughts when you heard that, you know, the, the timing was going to shift? Initially, I was disappointed. But then mm -hmm. I kind of thought about it. And I was like, you know what? This probably makes the most sense. Because like you said, there's mm -hmm. going to come a period of time because a lot of these shows could not film for a while there. So it right. was like the only other thing that was in the can already was Salt Lake City. So we don't have any real frame of reference for Salt Lake City. So we don't know we whether really or not- We really don't. Yeah, we don't we know. Don't. Are we going to get excited about it? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've been stalking all the ladies' Instagram pages. They look exciting, but will they bring it? I don't know. So for me, it's like, Potomac was going to have to get pushed back. It was going to have to be the sacrificial lamb in order for us to have some type of Housewives content in the fall. What do you think about Salt Lake City as the choice for the newest franchise to come? So initially, I was kind of like, what? Really? But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I've always wanted to go to Sundance. So I'm thinking to myself, okay. Oh. I have. I have been, like, dreaming of going to Sundance, like, forever, right? And so oh I was thinking God. to myself, this could be interesting. And I think it's a place that not many people know much about. So maybe it's, I mean, the general public, I would say. No, I, I never really hear of anybody saying, oh, what are you going on vacation? Salt Lake City. Nobody says that, right? So I was thinking, like, maybe it's going to be like Potomac and be a hidden gem. Because even I used to live in D.C. Mm -hmm. Had no idea where Potomac was. No idea. No idea. None. No idea. And then when I went, I actually went last December because one of my best friends is best friends with Monique. And so when I went there then, I was like, oh, it really is a little town full of compounds and mansions and you know i was just like really? this exists here like wow it's, it's crazy 
And how far outside of D.C. is Potomac? Honestly, it felt like it was about, I guess, looking at it from the city center, okay? Like, not the outskirts, but probably from the city center, maybe like 30 or so minutes away. Okay, so pretty close. It's pretty close, yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of just on the periphery of the city, really, honestly. Wow. I mean, I agree with you. My thought was, I mean, I thought a lot of people were talking about Chicago. I was the only one talking about Boston, but I was hyping Boston in my mind when they said that we were going to announce something. <laughs> then I was thinking maybe like Houston, because we have Dallas, but we need maybe some oil money, whatever. And when they announced Salt Lake City, there was a moment where I thought, huh. That's a choice I hadn't considered. Like mm-hmm. I thought maybe another place in California or maybe like Connecticut. And then I started thinking about it and I had the same feeling that you're expressing, which is, listen, they announced Potomac and I thought, Potomac? <laughs> but they were right. And I feel like with this, maybe we just need to trust the gods at Bravo who mm-hmm. – created as one of the newer franchises to me the single best franchise on tv not just of the current franchises airing right now but the best franchise of the franchises available so i'm thinking and also from what i've heard about salt lake city there's like pockets of like huge wealth yep like old money wealth Mm -hmm. or just I don't know what kind of wealth, wealth, and that's, wealth. Yeah, and that's what I'm interested in seeing. I feel like what I love is that they offer the opportunity to discover something that we haven't seen before. Because technically, you know, we've seen a little bit of Chicago in different things. You know what I'm saying? And even with like, you know, Houston, we they try to marry to medicine Houston. That didn't really work, you know? So I it feel like work. what they maybe are attempting to do is kind of take it back to the roots of Housewives, back with OC. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. I mean, the obvious choice would have been to start in Beverly Hills, right? Looking from the frame point of, well, from the standpoint of where we look at it now, like where Housewives is now, that's the obvious choice. But the better choice is probably a city where we don't really know a lot about it, but there's a lot of money. There's a lot of, you know, big personalities and I sometimes feel like I feel like sometimes when the bigger cities get on there, like with Beverly Hills, everyone is so image conscious that they they don't let their guard down enough to really be themselves. And I think that's what happens sometimes when you get a bigger city now. So what have your experiences been like watching Beverly Hills this season? What are your thoughts on this whole Brandy Denise, Michigas, what have you heard? What are the streets? How are the streets talking? The streets are talking. I can't even Giselle right now, you guys. They're doing photos. Wednesday morning. The streets are talking. Let's try that again. Apologies to Giselle. The streets are talking. What are they saying in Beverly Hills? What have you heard? What are your thoughts? Well, though. The word on the street. Well, literally, my thoughts are this, okay? I was initially intrigued by the story, okay, when it first came out, way back when it was Mm -hmm. actually happening. Like, I think in December, I think we were starting to hear, you know, exactly, okay, something's going down with Denise and Brandy. What is it? And so Mm -hmm. I almost feel like we got so much information in the lead up to it, and we were all kind of forced to speculate that now that the story is kind of unfolding, um, 
I'm kind of looking at Brandy with more of a side eye than I am Denise because right now I'm still team Denise because I kind of feel like the ladies have just chosen her as their next target. Um, they don't have an LVP. They don't have a Camille per se. Um, so I feel like what they did was they honed in on some, some things that Denise did from last season that may have come, that may be a little bit contradictory to how she's portraying, wanting to portray herself this season. And I think too, there's this thing with Denise where I think being an actress, she's coming into this thinking, oh, this is something that's not supposed to be happening. Bravo, bravo, bravo. Mm -hmm. Let me stop it. Because as an actress, she can probably do that, right? So I think if anything, the biggest thing with Denise is ignorance to how reality TV actually works. And a, a simple conversation with her and Renna, since they're supposed to be close friends, where Renna could have said to her, listen, I understand that you might want to protect your girls, but at the end of the day, they're probably already seen some of the things that you've already said. So it's okay for you to be yourself. And you also have to understand that this is what we're here for, for you to share your story versus coming at her the way that they all have. And I think that conversation would have been, if she had had it with her earlier on, I, I think that it would have worked out better for everyone. And now that this whole Brandy situation has come up, I'm having a hard time, A, trusting Brandy because just in the episode before, she's slapping Denise on the butt. She is, you know, talking about having a throuple with her and Aaron. And now the next day she drives by, she does a drive by Kyle's house. Surprising, you know, unannounced, <laughs> right? Yes. Unannounced. Use those quotes. Use with those her quotes. with her mall ponytail. And yeah. she's like, you know, doggone near in tears, making it seem as though almost like Denise violated her in some way, shape, or form. And I was just like, this from someone who claims to be, again, now we can use Brandy's past against her the same way that they're using Denise's, for someone who has claimed to be so openly, A, bisexual, B, free, okay, and C, unfiltered, it's shocking to me that she feels so upset that Denise has basically perhaps... Um, wanted to forget about their doing the nasty. I mean, this is why it's just such a difficult kind of even plot to have because Brandy has raised the question of consent and regardless of how she's expressed herself sexually and communicated in the past, If she didn't feel like she was giving consent in the moment, that's a problem. And the problem for me about how this situation is playing out is, A, nobody picked up what Brandy was saying except for us, the viewers. Like, Brandy was pretty loudly saying I was not giving consent or I was uncomfortable with the situation. But nobody's addressing it. Everybody's making jokes. Rinna is on social media saying very strange queer shaming-esque, like, very weird stuff, making this all into, like, some sort of punchline. And Brandy herself is communicating online in a way where it seems like everybody's forgotten what she was actually saying in that moment. But because we just saw it a week or two ago, 
that's for me all I'm thinking about. So they're having this conversation. Rinna is like losing her mind, laughing in the van. Teddy and Kyle have picked this up and fucking run with it. And I'm just thinking like, it feels weird to me, A, because I don't know if Denise has ever, whatever, whomever Denise decides to have a relationship is up to Denise. But if Denise herself isn't openly bisexual or discussing that, and it's like brought to the table on camera, that feels, that's something that I've been struggling to understand because I'm thinking like, so it's not only that you're saying she may or may not have potentially cheated on her spouse if it wasn't an open relationship. You're also saying you're revealing a part of Denise that regardless of whether or not she's talked about happy endings or whatever else, she hasn't openly communicated to us, the viewers, like you're taking away that power from her. It just felt really complicated. So can I tell you something as I'm so glad I'm having this conversation with you as a woman, because I think as a guy, I don't even tend to always look at is Brandy a victim in this situation? Is she a victim of being taken advantage of by another woman? And I think sometimes for a guy, and just, I'm just being real, it's hard to see No, I that. love that you are. It's, it's harder so hard. to see it, right? So you are opening my eyes in this conversation to even that aspect of it. Not to mention the other part of it, which is Denise has never given consent to allowing someone else to tell her story about whether she's exactly. bisexual or not. Those are two bigger issues that I think that nobody is really focusing on or addressing because we're so used to Brandy sort of sensationalizing everything that she has done in the past with regards to the show that we're not looking at those mm -hmm. fine little details of two very thing two things that are very wrong right i com i completely i appreciate that i i think a lot of viewers who are male regardless of whether or not they're members of the lgbt community are lb lgbtq community can you tell i like literally this morning is kicking my ass um regardless a lot of I think there are a lot of really important conversations that are happening where obviously this is a question about um, sexuality and sexual preferences. And so many people are on a spectrum, but it's also about a unique perspective that a lot of women share where we've been in a lot of situations, regardless mm. of whether or not our partner is male or female, where there has been for many of us, myself included, like awkward moments or um awkward experiences where questions about consent are raised so on one hand it's great that we're talking about this because i know i myself have learned so much about myself and about people by talking about housewives and by being emotionally vulnerable to like understanding wow like let me shift my perspective on the other hand i'm just so uncomfortable with the way some housewives have decided to make a joke of this and I really think primarily it's Lisa Rinna who's just showing some true colors that are really really dark and ugly and I'm just thinking Richie Sky, like 
when is she going to get her comeuppance? Do you see that happening? She's like flying high right now on I'm the queen. I'm the funniest. This is what you guys want from me. You hate it when I'm quiet. And I'm thinking like, no, we hate when you don't participate. But when you're the full out villain of this season, like when is someone going to call that out? I don't honestly, I'm, I'm hoping maybe something happens at the reunion because, you know, mm-hmm. she has been going on record as saying the reunion was BS, right? So, mm-hmm. and that's because Brandy wasn't allowed to speak. And I'm like, why is she so invested in this? Especially mm-hmm. if, you know, she and Denise were such good friends. I think that's the problem I'm having with this whole situation. It's kind of like, are you really willing to just really throw, toss away a friendship over this type of drama for television Mm -hmm. and it just to me I feel like you're right we're starting to see a lot more of her true colors because I think she's almost relishing in this new role so to speak yeah she's relishing quite a bit and that is what is so gross to me and when you talk about the reunion that's such a good point because I've been thinking like okay we need a villain she's such a good housewife you know she's giving us a lot even if I don't agree with it she's bringing it which I think is great um but who's gonna hold her accountable Garcelle who understands what's going on who's new to the table new to the um show So I think she's been, like, really smart in how she's communicated with these people. But from what she said to Andy when she was on Watch What Happens with Sutton the other day, she unfollowed Rinna. She wasn't happy with Rinna's behavior. I don't know how strong she comes at the reunion, but my guess is even putting any, like, reunion battle aside, it sets up a really interesting dynamic for next season – because I think Garcelle carries with her so much cachet of being obviously who she is and a great um, casting choice. But also the majority of us are like 100% team Garcelle. I could really see her harnessing that and Rinna being upset by that mm-hmm. and setting up some sort of like turf war. Maybe started by Denise, uh, started because of Denise, because of fighting about Denise but then like going off into its own little vibe which could be great I I definitely see that happening but I also think that Bravo is going to have to break up that fivesome okay they're gonna have Mm -hmm. to break up that or Dorit is gonna have to draw a fine line because Dorit I feel like is the middle ground right now Mm -hmm. and so is Mm -hmm. Sutton right because when they were at that table, let me tell you something. I've, I've liked Sutton since the moment she stepped onto the screen because mm-hmm. I, I felt like she probably was a better in the beginning. I felt like she might have been a better fit for New York, just given her mm-hmm. kind of zaniness and really like in your face sort of like dialogue and, and things that she said. But I really loved her moment where she pointed out to Teddy that you didn't have to say any of this in public. She's like, I knew about this. In her confessional, she says this. Right. I knew about this, but I would never say it. And it, she actually said to her, it feels like you're saying this out of spite at this point in time. Because that mm-hmm. did not have to be a part of the conversation. Even though Brandy had brought it out there, that still was something that should have been left off of that dinner table. 
And I feel like Dorit's going to have to also step up and start really speaking her mind because she's been in this position with Lisa Renna and the rest of the ladies. Mm -hmm. So she Mm -hmm. should know better than anyone not to jump onto this bandwagon. So I appreciate, I appreciated her even shutting down. Like she literally shut down Kyle. I was so, and I love Kyle. I actually love Kyle. You know what I I mean? I love Kyle too. I love Kyle too. But I felt like she's a great beta. I felt like, you know, she needed to be closed down at that moment. Do you miss Lisa Vanderpump at all? Are you cool? Are you like, I'm good? So, contrary to a lot of people, I've been a Lisa Vanderpump mm-hmm. fan since day one, right? Um, okay. I understand. <laughs> I understood, <laughs> right? Yeah. I-, I understood, though, Lisa Vanderpump's role on this show. Especially mm-hmm. as things kind of progressed season after season. Like, Okay, obviously she's in the background pulling the strings and she doesn't really, Mm -hmm. she kind of stays clean. She reminds, and I just had this conversation yesterday, but she reminds me of, it's kind of what Giselle is doing on Real Housewives of Potomac right now, right? But Giselle is a little bit Mm -hmm. more friendly and and free and, and open about it. She's not covert at all, okay? Lisa Vanderpump was very, I'm going to orchestrate this behind the scenes and I will never admit to shifting the the chessboard, right? Um, So do I miss her? Actually, no, I don't. Oddly, I loved her, but I don't miss her. Do you miss her? I couldn't miss her less. I also feel like it's sort of funny to me, even though I do love Kyle on the show, that like Kyle is doing her best LVP impersonation, which actually shows you how hard it was for LVP to be so good for so many seasons before she was called out because the level of like, and I don't actually mean this as an insult. I mean this as a compliment, the level of manipulation to have actual friendships with these women and be like, you know, what would be great if you talked about this on camera the way that you would have to be and to be that talented for so long that it takes years for people to understand that they've been manipulated themselves. Like that's a pretty excellent top tier housewife. That being said, it was done when she, when you leave the show, when you quit in that way, like the Adrian Maloof of it all, your last, you know, act as a housewife is not showing up. Like it's done. And it's weird to me that they're giving her, Vanderpump dogs because I'm like wait we're punishing her for this and also pump is kind of a burning garbage fire at this point so like I don't and also I guess there was another class action filed this week I just read that so there's a lot on there and also crazy days and nights I did a blind about like which housewife whose name is Shmelisa Schmanderpump is going to be declaring bankruptcy soon because her empire is a house of cards. And then they sometimes reveal the blind and they revealed it. And it was like the blind was essentially like it's solved. She's poor. Like it was just I don't know what's going to happen with Lisa. Obviously, obviously her business is based on uh, entertainment, restaurant, you know, like if you can't dine together safely obviously but it sounds like this has been 
cratering or maybe not a hundred since well before the pandemic, which is just kind of like revealing a lot of maybe um, that stuff wasn't necessarily as it appeared. Um, So I feel like she was one of the best housewives that's ever existed. She's a problematic person, which makes her an even better housewife. Um, I don't know what to say about pump because now she's in this strange, like, grandparent role weirdness stuff with some like sexual tension with some of the staffers that makes me feel very (laughs) makes me feel a lot and half the cast is gone so like i don't know what the future holds for her but i do know in the short term like i don't necessarily need to see her watching someone wash a dog you know like it's just gonna be an extension of her pr campaign yeah it's it's kind of weird i'm good And she came out with a podcast this week, or she announced one where she's going to talk I about heard. things that matter, like puppies and rosé. In this climate, we need I, Lisa talking about entertaining <laughs> from our quarantine. That's what the people want. I'm I'm really interested to hear how that goes, and it may rely heavily on a guest host or a guest. Maybe that lame pony that she gave up in Ohio can come on for a couple episodes. I mean, Vicky has a show. Like anything's possible, but but you know, Vicky, I don't feel great about it. I I actually Vicky amuses me. Vicky and her antics—they yes. have all—they have amused me since I first started watching the franchise. I'm like, she she can handle a podcast because Vicky just has a lot to say. Now yes. it ain't, it's not all good. But no. that's what makes it's it something. fun, right? Right. So I right. don't know about Lisa because I feel like she is good for one-liners, and that's probably it. Yeah, and she's not emotion- emotionally vulnerable. Now, Vicky, who's obviously, like, one of the most problematic housewives, um, is very vulnerable. Whether or not it's real is another question. Right. She's willing to be, like, emotional, emotive, whatever else. Lisa has done a very good, very successful job of showing one specific side to herself, which, as you've said, is heavily influenced by an edit. So how that would work in a podcast form where it's really hard not to reveal yourself when you don't have any other like there's no like fog machine, you know, Mm -hmm. like especially if it's audio only. I don't know if she'll be doing video as well. But you have to be able to engage with someone and talk about yourself. And maybe it really is like a Martha Stewart style thing where it's like, this is, look at me. But she's not Martha Stewart. Like, Martha Stewart is, like, she has a skill set. Martha Stewart has gone to jail at this point. Okay, so there's, that that also, I feel like, opened her up a lot more Mm -hmm. and made her more accessible to a lot of people, whereas Lisa Vanderpump still remains somewhat not accessible in terms of her emotions, what she's thinking, what she's really feeling. And I always say this about people when they get a podcast, especially famous people. It doesn't always work out well for them because what happens Mm -hmm. is they are no longer reduced to an edit. And then when people talk, ad nauseum, like when they just have a platform to just talk, they reveal a lot about themselves. And a lot of it is not always good. So they have to be prepared to take the heat, which is why I'm, 
the podcast that I'm really interested in is Bethany's because I feel like that is going to be a good spot for her, but I feel like it's also going to be controversial mm-hmm. as well. But I feel like she can handle it and she'll welcome it. I completely agree with you, and I think it'll be a lot more successful than her talk show, which, again, you have to be warm to have a talk show. You have to be able to show empathy, like not just um, feel it, but actually show it and be engaging and curious enough in people to have a segment where if you're only given like three or four minutes, you can really like cut to the meat in very, very limited time. And I feel like a podcast that she's in control of, she doesn't have to deal with all the other production elements. She has a focus, I think, on business and talking to successful entrepreneurs and talking about their challenges is super, super smart. But I do want to get to one point that you just made, which I think is really interesting about how helpful an edit can be to a housewife who may not realize that edit was really key until too late. And I'm thinking about Nini, who has said an awful lot in Instagram Lives and other stories, has maybe said a lot about the network, except I'm not quite sure, in thinly veiled Twitter attacks, and is either the new star of, like, E! and NBC Universal, or maybe got an exit package for some sort of like swan song bravo farewell what what have you heard what are you talking about in relation to nini how what's the dynamic that you're seeing play out what's the reality of what's going on the reality for me is it's never good to talk about your employer okay like that's number one like to go public about and and regardless of whether or not she's tagging bravo or not the the whole the whole thing is everybody knows who she's referring to and with everything that she has done at this point i mean if i'm the employer i'm not bringing you back okay you're gonna get out of here and we're gonna show you the door but that's just me and how i would operate as an employer right but contracts make that a little bit more difficult right so from what i hear this is just the word on the streets and and my giselle speak is that she was offered eight episodes, right? She would still make her her money, but she was only offered eight episodes with the option that they, if they wanted to, to include her in more, okay? And so because of that, she's refusing to sign on the dotted line because she's saying now that she's waiting on the network. So I'm assuming that there was a counter offer on her part and she's waiting on them to sort of make a decision whether or not she's coming back. But from what I know is that you know, Candy already started filming. Kenya had to self-quarantine because she was in New York. Portia had to quarantine as well. So then the only other person they could have possibly gotten would have been Drew Sidora, which is, you know, a new housewife altogether and potentially Latoya Ali, Latoya forever on YouTube, right? So mm-hmm. nobody has done anything all cast yet. So it's going to be interesting to see. She technically still has time, but to be quite honest with you, I... I would, I would, if I were her, I would just move on. I would just move on. Because if you're not going to take the deal for the eight, and, and, and honestly, listen, as I said in my tagline, I'm not about the mess. I'm all about the money. So I would take the eight episodes. I would do those eight episodes. And I would close out this show how I wanted to do it. Bottom line. Because I feel like you take that money, invest it someplace else into a new platform, develop some new show ideas, 
and create your own sort of thing. She's at this point where she can do that now. And so I just feel like it's time to probably just let it go. And I understand who may not want to because she's a mainstay on the show. And I love Nene. I love her. But I just feel like it's turned toxic for her. And I think in many ways it's turned toxic for us. Like she's quasi calling out Andy, but not directly. And I wish she'd sort of choose a lane because right now I'm thinking like, what is it that you are trying to do? Are you trying to say that you've been mistreated and mistreated how? Are you being mistreated because you want to leave the show, but you sign something and they won't let you out of it? That doesn't appear to be the case. Are you, do you feel like you've been mistreated because you want to be back full time and that's not what they're offering? I guess that's possible, but she's behaved on camera in such a way where she doesn't really want to be there anymore. So why are you fighting so hard to stay? Because what other... What other reason could there be? Either you sign up for this in some sort of fashion. From what you're saying, it's not even that she would be considered like a friend of or part-time housewife. It sounds like she would be a full-time housewife who leaves the show. You know, like she would get her eight episodes. She'd, we'd figure out what's going on with like her and Greg or her and everybody else. And, you know, she's saying weird things about Portia right now on social where I'm like, you don't really need to try to bury your friend who P.S. is like essentially an icon for all of us. So don't even try to go there. But I it just feels like what she's doing is trying to hold on to both worlds and both ideas, which I would think kind of destroy any option and also she's moving allegedly into a new show with i think brad goreski mm -hmm. or a pilot or something but it's on e it's a part of nbc universal so like if you're talking about bravo but you're not actually really saying anything specific you're just intimating a lot I would think that would affect your relationship with that other extension. I don't know how networks work. I don't know how when it's like a parent company or anything like that. But if I was someone at E, I would be thinking like, is this what she's going to do to us if this show isn't a success? Because she's creating a narrative that to me is like super, super complicated. And I don't know what it's based in. Right. So if it's not based in actual fact, it's just based in like, threatening tweets and shout outs to Lisa Bloom who herself isn't exactly God's gift to like <laughs> ethics shall we say I don't really know what that's going to get her except for people kind of just moving on moving on before she gets to decide and I, I and I almost felt like that's the that's the place where we all are is okay like girl how many like what either a you're gonna say what you need to say and be specific about it okay or b don't say anything I mean just having worked in I guess the industry it would for me be unheard of to do something like this like because not only does that possibly tarnish your reputation with the company that you're working with now or the uh the sort of or the Bravo aspect of it. Uh, which is under NBC Universal, but it would also sort of taint any dealings that you had with the network with E as well, because they all fall under the same mm -hmm. umbrella. So to me, it's like, if you're talking about Bravo, you're essentially talking about NBC Universal. So at the end of the day, it's like, how much sense does this make? Because now you're stopping, you're ruining one bag over here, but now you're also potentially ruining another. And it's making you look like a liability who is going off the rails. 
couldn't couldn't agree with you more. So listen, this is a specific special Potomac premiere episode. And aside from me bludgeoning Giselle's famous trademark that she said over and over again for for years, several times, we need to do a deep dive into RHOP. What are your thoughts? Shout out to Bravo before we even get started for a premiere episode followed by episode two released to the public in less than 24 hours. Talk about an embarrassment of riches to get two knockout eps back to back what were your thoughts watching what are your thoughts on what's to come what are you thinking well first off i was overwhelmed okay because not only when i do a review of these shows like i'm not only doing a review of the show but i'm taking also all the news surrounding it and putting it in that review as well so it's a lot of work right so that was overwhelming because i realized shortly after i had done the first one the second one was already out. So I was like, so already my head is exploding, <laughs> right? So yeah. there's that aspect of it. But the fact of the matter is that both episodes were dynamic. Like it was the perfect reintroduction to Potomac. We had waited a year, okay? And it was worth every single moment of the wait. And I guess they had extra time to edit because they literally, I don't know if you noticed this, and I, and I, and it, uh, sometimes when I'm doing my reviews and I'm doing them live, it, uh, things occur to me. In episode two, we see that scene with Karen and we hear her moaning as she's working out with her trainer, okay? Mm -hmm. She goes back into the mm -hmm. kitchen with Ray who is giving her absolutely no attention. Fast forward to the next scene with Giselle and Monique where they're having lunch, things look like they're gonna be going great, but then Giselle outs Monique's secret, okay, about this rumor that Sharice has created about Monique mm -hmm. and her trainer. I did not even realize it until afterwards that they had juxtaposed those two scenes with the trainers. Oh my God, I didn't realize that until just now. 100% didn't catch that. <laughs> like, it was like, that's why I was like, oh my God, these editors are brilliant. Yeah, like, they're genuinely the, brilliant. They're those, little, those little things like that, I feel like were just like, wow. Like, it, you just could, the picture when, when Ashley called Candace <laughs> yeah. a hamster face hoe, and she, and the editors pulled up a side by side of Candace and a hamster. I was like, I'm Just literally kiss. done. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Potomac gets it in a way where it's like they're still having they're having fun. Like I just feel like the producers get it, the editors get it. I love the confessionals where you can hear the voice of the producers because I can get a sense of their energy and the fact that they also think some of this is completely insane, but they actually really do want another scoop. I just fucking love it. Like there's so much love that comes from watching Potomac because like many of these women love each other. Many of them a hundred percent do not, but you get the sense that there's still a bond and I can see that represented on every level. I see that with the editors where they're, it feels like they're constantly trying to like one up the season before in terms of like crazy moments, but they're not doing it for the tweets. They're not doing it for the like trend of it all, even though of hundred uh, percent Potomac was um, trending number one, I think globally the night of the premiere, 
they're not really doing it for that. I feel like they're doing it because they know the viewers are going to love it. Mm -hmm. And that's where I just have so much respect for Potomac because I just feel really seen by Potomac. Like, <laughs> it just feels like I really do. I'm like, they get me in a way that, like, I haven't even thought about. But, like, I watched that premiere and I actually had anxiety like they at the end of this um episode you guys i'm gonna uh have a little clip of a question that i asked giselle because bravo generously invited me to the first ever zoom screening so they gave us the screeners from the first two episodes and i got to ask uh giselle a slightly shady question about like how have the other housewives treated you guys and has that changed since you're 100 the number one show um so you guys will get to hear that at the end of this episode but it just, it gave me anxiety the first time I watched the premiere because I watched it and I was like, this is so good. Like, it's just, it's like, it makes me nervous. Like, I'm watching it. I'm like, do you, I'm watching it and I'm like saying to myself the entire time, like, you understand how good this is. You understand how good this is. And then I watched the second episode and I was like, it's also very good. It's just the energy is crazy. And also, we know this season obviously because the beginning of the episode of the season premiere was like i kept thinking of it as like a horror show like world war p where it's like you see the wreckage of whatever is about to go down there is like some sort of global incident and we know that there's going to be some sort of altercation and we know that likely the altercation is in fact going to be really really bad it's going to be however long it'll last it'll be probably pretty violent but the important thing to understand is that is one moment these women are giving you about 30 every episode. So I don't want everybody to lose focus on like the what happens seven weeks from now, because in those seven weeks, there are literally hundreds of scenes and relationships and conversations that are probably way more important and valuable than whatever the fuck physical fight actually that we actually like get to see. Yeah. You know? You, the funny thing about it is seeing everything leading up to the fight because I feel like all of these things, mm -hmm. these twists and turns are really important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel like they're giving us, they're kind of like weaving this whole like story about what happened and, and how it happened. And oh, it involves Sharice and we didn't know this before. And mm -hmm. now Sharice is showing up and there's this rumor about this trainer and more and more. And we're just seeing it, not to mention again now we have wendy and karen going at it on oh, on uh twitter and twitter. it's just like out of nowhere it's like it, the, a good housewife uh theme to me like a good dinner scene it always has one main fight but like two other two or three other little things that happen off to the side where you're like how did they get started and that's mm -hmm. what they were giving us on twitter and instagram mm-hmm I just, I'm so thankful. And also Wendy, I mean, perfect addition. Is there anything more we would need? She is a perfect addition. I do know of one other person that was testing that would have been really, really, really good. Do we know who that is? I mean, you know who that is. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I don't know if she would be angry that I, if I said it, but she would have been really good as well. Okay. I think the season would have turned right. out differently if she had, if she had made it. Wow. Is it someone that we will see make an appearance at any point? Or do you think maybe not this season, but there's potential down the line? I think we'll see. We'll see. I, see, I, I think we'll see her. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm dangling a little carrot that I'm immediately <laughs> chomping that. <laughs> Super quick. Um, so listen, you brought up Sharice. What's going on with Sharice? Why, why is she saying this stuff about Monique? Is it based on any kind of reality? Is she saying it because she's pissed? Monique has the show she used to be on full time. Like, what's going on? What's the dynamic? I mean, from everything that I've heard up to this point, I mean, it seems as though, and I hate to say this about Sharice because we actually share the same birthday, July 16th. Oh, so, oh yeah. happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, <laughs> I feel like maybe because, you know, at the core of Potomac, when it first started, I felt like it was kind of built around her and the people that mm-hmm. she knew. So I feel like there's some sort of sense of, I should still be there, right? And Mm -hmm. from what I can see, it looks as though Monique is trying her hardest to avoid to have any contact with Sharice. And it seems as though Sharice is being brought in specifically to have some sort of um, dialogue or interaction with Monique and Monique's not giving it to her, right? Um, We'll see how that works out, I guess, as time goes on, because I'm always curious about that. My belief is that you should never leave a scene because we'll see Sharice come into uh, Ashley Darby's uh, sip and see next right. week. And we see Monique right. leave, but I get it in, in terms of real life, because in real life, I would never be around someone that I don't like. Right. But in terms of housewives, it's kind of like when you leave the scene, you allow them to tell a story. And I, I, I just don't want that to happen to her. Yeah, I think for Monique, she's thinking, I don't want to participate in this. But the reality is, unfortunately, on this kind of show, the second your nemesis walks in, the narrative is going to change regardless of whether or not you're participating. So if you participate, at least you're able to share your perspective and potentially defense. When you leave, that gives that person who you already dislike, who you already hate, like the shit stirring that they're saying about your relationship, the power and opportunity to continue saying whatever the fuck they want to say and potentially make it a whole lot worse. Or you pull a Ramona and you act like they are not even there. Mm-hmm. I was, as I was watching Ramona yes, do that, this season, look, look how I, well that worked out. It, it didn't fan wise, but in the moment mm-hmm. she just, I mean, she was literally, <laughs> it was just hilarious to watch her completely ignore people that she did not want to talk to all season long. And I'm like, how does she get away with doing that? Yeah, I don't think she's getting away with it (laughs) so much now, which has been great. I think that if, you know, NeNe's looking at new, her own Atlanta-based new beginning, maybe Ramona should take that as an indicator that maybe her time full-time on Housewives is coming to an end because I think I am at capacity. I think I'm good. I think this has been an interesting season in that it includes new episodes and I like new episodes. And that is my biggest review of New York that. And I think like Leah's great. And I think they're, they're filming. We're recording this Wednesday morning. I think they're filming the reunion today. Today. So (laughs) in person, prayers out to anybody that needs to sit within six feet of Ramona because wow. But, um, yeah, I don't – it hasn't been great. It also – you know, New York was such a – and is still such an all-star franchise. 
And I've spoken to a lot of people. I used to feel this way where I was like, Potomac is like giving us the most, but my heart belongs. I just feel like for the record, I have to say like New York is my personal number one, certainly at the beginning of Potomac. And then I really need to have a conversation with myself where I was like, and this is well before this season, where I was like, no, Potomac's actually the best franchise out there. It's giving you everything you could ever want and more. It's so funny. It's so smart. It's so quick. The casting is perfect. There's a reason there hasn't been substantial cast changes from season one to season now because these women are really, really great as a connected team. And there is also a genuine IRL bond with Robin, Mm -hmm. Giselle, Karen, Sharice. Um, And I just have to kind of I had to kind of look at myself and be like, okay, New York is there. New York is happening. We'll never forget season three which i think is just a genuinely historic season for any franchise but when i look at like what the future is gonna be and also what i'm engaging with at the present to me there is really it's just like potomac stands alone i just think it rises so much above everything else and it's also like shifting what a housewives franchise can be in the sense that like It's really smart women who are really, really funny. There is genuine conflict in some of these relationships and personalities, essentially anybody in Candace. And, you know, some of the other stuff, there's that tension with Giselle and Karen. Like, the fact that they still argue about who cheated potentially at a cookie bake, I mean, that's the kind of relationship history and, like, dumb fuckery of it all that I look for. So, I mean, like, what more could we want? I just feel like, does New York deserve our attention based on this season? There are elements to discuss, but we just had two fucking, essentially, cinematic masterpieces we did. released in the over the course of a day. And the fact that there are literally 10 different discussion points that we could each talk about for an hour for each individual episode makes me think that this upcoming season is like truly going to be one for the books. And with that said, I have a question for you because I feel like it seems, it appears that a a true theme of this season is going to be how these women are handling and reckoning with their relationships, marriages, whatever else where they're being a lot more honest and forthright and you know if like Robin and Juan it used to be you know how is this going to survive what are they going to do is you know Juan really connected and now they've turned a point where they're both on the same page and they're willing to both be vocal about how they're on the same page and what that page looks like which is great then we have Karen and Ray who are struggling or at least Karen is struggling openly I think for the first time But then there's Giselle and Jamal. And there were rumors that Andy referenced that they were dating at the last reunion where he was like, is this true? And she said, yes. Or is it true what I've heard? And she said, yes. Is this real? (laughs) Is it real? I just want to know I love her. It won't change anything having to do with anything. I'm just for her sake. As a close, personal, imaginary friend of Giselle Bryant, I just, I need to know for myself if this is real. 
Um, so Giselle has always been one of my favorites from Potomac. Um, mm-hmm. I ask myself that question a lot mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people out there that speculate differently. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of chatter about the things that he's doing in Atlanta um, as well, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Rumors, I, I should say. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, I think the most telling uh, thing that we can actually base our opinions or our thoughts on are the fact that her daughters are not on board with this. And they yes. very articulately stated exactly why they're not on board with it. And so in their assessment, there's, he, they, I heard the word fake. I heard the, you know, I heard, you know, them say that, you know, he's just doing this to impress you. They feel like something's not right. Those look, those things right there clue me into mm-hmm. the, to there being something awry here. Like something is, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And so it gives, it gives me more of a reason to have a side eye about this whole situation because I don't want her to fall into the trap of believing that she needs to have a man to be entertaining on this show. Because I don't want to be tricked. She doesn't. I don't want to be tricked. At, I, I don't want to have the same speculations that people have about Kenya and Mark. I don't want to have those about anybody on the show, right. the, on, on one of, on my favorite Housewives franchise. I don't want to have that. And I wish, I know that it's so important for folks to show their personal lives. Obviously, that's why Bravo decided Sutton needed to be downgraded, which I totally disagree with based on how often she's used in these episodes because her ex-husband refused um, permission for her kids to be filmed. But with Giselle, I really, I really don't need it. Like, I don't need, like, if she's dating Sherman, great. If she's not great if she is choosing herself to date jamal okay although i need i i like need to unpack that or i need her to unpack that and i need her to like really listen to her kids i don't know i've never been married i don't have kids i don't know how that dynamic would work especially when the person that you're dating is your children's father and they know why the marriage itself initially broke down i don't I just I she's such a valuable housewife and so gifted at this that I agree with you. I just I hope that she doesn't feel the pressure to deliver on that level. But I sort of wish that was the case because I don't trust Jamal at all. And I almost like wish it was fake because she deserves so much more. So she exactly playing the part of this if we could just get some little like wink at some point so that I know that like (laughs) she gets that she doesn't she deserves so much more than him and her kids are saying the same that would be great but I also think unfortunately for that perspective if she was doing this for the show the fact that her kids obviously don't know that makes me think it is in fact real. Cause I don't think that they would, she would put them through that for like a third yeah. of her actual plot. You know, it's, it's tough. That's why I, I diverted to what the kids say, because I felt like they, it was, it's just really telling that they feel a certain type of way about it. And they were very vocal and they're on the same page about it. Right. You know, it's, Mm-hmm. It wasn't just one kid. It was all three of them. 
and they're all girls. And I just felt like there's that, <sighs> almost like that, there's some type of discernment and intuition that I felt like they would have, particularly because as a woman, as, as girls, they're looking at their mom to be right. Right. their role model. You know what I mean? So yeah. what are they seeing yeah. that they don't want their mom to fall for and that they don't want to emulate? Right. I think that's incredibly important. And just relating to one other um, Potomac relationship, why is Ashley still with Michael? Is that going to remain? And it seems like it likely will because she said she's interested in like baby number two with him. What's going on? Why is that happening? <laughs> I think Explain honestly I don't get it. I, I I don't get it either. I think that I think she's ride or die with this situation. Um, you know, yeah. we do know that they had some sort of little contract going. So I guess we will just have to chalk it up to that. And it you seems as though is that yeah, like they had some, okay. there was some agreement that she had mm -hmm. to fulfill that I thought was very odd, but it seems like as the though timing of the marriage, yeah, okay. the timing of the marriage and having a kid or so there was something, there was something about that. And I, I cannot remember the specifics about it, but it seems as though she is in it to win it, regardless of whatever happens. And I have to say, Sometimes I feel like, you know, when you look at marriages, even we can look at the Will and Jada situation as well. When you encounter these types of things, I feel like every marriage is going to be tested. You know, when people, th that's the reality of marriage, mm -hmm. right? It, it, they may be tested in different ways and to different degrees, but I feel like the real core of a good marriage is your ability to withstand the things that come at you. And to be quite honest with you, the way she is standing by this man, in spite of all evidence to the contrary, is just mm -hmm. unbelievable to me. So if she is willing to stand by him, regardless of all of his indiscretions, and I feel like more, we're going to, there has not been a season where there has not been a Michael storyline. Oh, I know. I don't think she's I going know. anywhere, especially now that she I has a kid. I just hope for her sake that if she chooses to stand with him, she isn't also sacrificing like a part of herself and who she are, is at the core. Because similar to Giselle, I just hope they're aware of how amazing they are and how deserving they are. And, you know, I can't speak to Jamal really because I haven't seen him on Potomac or on Potomac enough, but with Ashley and Michael, I'm just like, you know, when someone shows you, it's the, the whole Maya of it all. When someone shows you who they are, believe them and believe them the first time. Like, this is season five. This is going to be the fifth time, Ashley. He's showing you who he is. So if you're okay with that, that's your choice. You get the choice. If you want to stay in that kind of dynamic, just be aware that that is the marriage that you are in. Yeah. And one that you're going to show your son. I mean, exactly. One that you're going to show your son. This is how you treat your wife. This is how you treat a partner. Like this is this is what they're going to watch on TV 10 or 15 years from now. Yep. Not already. 
So it's something to think about. Um, speaking of things to think about, Richie Sky, this has been such a delight. I'm obsessed with you. Can you tell the AGs where to find your YouTube cha- YouTube channel? How do you follow you online? Like keeping up with your recaps and news and vids and everything else. Yeah. So I am on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook at DJ Richie Sky. I typically uh, put out video content at least once per day during the weekday. Uh, And if something crazy happens on the weekends, I try to reserve my weekends for my mental sanity, but uh, it's becoming Mm. increasingly difficult to stay off uh, the news on the weekends Mm -hmm. because it's still going all the time. But yeah, at DJ Richie Sky, everything for me, and you guys can follow me there. And yeah. Oh, I also have a small, like, little podcast channel. Uh, it's DJ Richie Sky Unfiltered, uh, where it's just a little bit more oh. of a free, a free flowing conversation. You know, when I want to have a conversation about something, or if I want to have a guest to talk about something, and hopefully, actually, maybe you can come do that one with me. And I love to recap shows on that uh, platform as well, because I can just. Um, my, my main channel is a little bit more structured and, and mm-hmm. to the point, but the unfiltered channel is a lot more conversational and it's just more free. I would love it. It would be a total honor. And speaking of things I would love to take part in with Mr. Richie Sky, can you tell the listeners about your upcoming course about how, um, Candace is event planner and I can, um, find out how to grow and scale our financial wealth. <laughs> <laughs> later, she's doing okay. So what I did was um, I kept getting questions from a lot of people about how to grow and scale their YouTube page. And so uh, we did what we did in a year, right? So for me, it was like, okay, I just want to, I love to write. um, So that's another little hobby of mine. I've always been a writer. So I put together like a little ebook, basically detailing everything that I did from start to finish to get to a hundred, uh, thousand subscribers and to make it a full-time income earning activity. So the ebook is there. It's only $16.99 for probably until like the next two weeks. And then the course will be available in two weeks. Oh my God. That's incredible. Guys, join me. Let's make some cash that you guys are going to give me so I can buy a new dress. Um, (laughs) Couple of housekeeping notes. Uh, First ever Andy's Girls Zoom Turtle Time Kiki, exclusive to OG of the AG Patreon Patrons. That's going to be this Saturday, August 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. RSVP by joining the OG of the AG Patreon level at patreon.com slash Girls. A link to join is going to be in the show notes for this week's episode. And thanks to all of you who um, follow Richie and myself on social and shared um, some fantastic action related to the recently launched Bravoholics Pledge, which is the Bravo community coming together to support um, black Bravoholics, talent, members of production, and fans. I discussed on last week's episode with Damien some social action specific to the podcast Not Skinny But Not Fat and its production company, Dear Media, who are currently refusing all of our calls to remove and delete eight minutes of racist content on episode 67 of Not Skinny But Not Fat. Highly encourage that you guys join with us, share the graphics, follow um, Richie Sky and myself, and I'll include our social handles in the show notes as well. We've both shared 
the graphics explaining all of that um, documentation and why it's so important to hold people in our community accountable for racist behavior and how we need to normalize talking about race and how me, mm-hmm. as a non-black Bravoholic, needs to normalize me, a non-black Bravoholic, talking about race and holding people in our community accountable. We all fuck up to varying levels. What's important is are you listening to people? Are you changing your behavior? And are you holding yourself accountable? So that's a little homework for you guys after you sign up at DJ Richie Sky for the money-making course that you and I are both going to participate in, along with um, Candace and Chris and much more. Richie Sky, this was a total delight. I'm obsessed with you. I can't get enough of you. Thank you for asking me to co-host your YouTube channel with you for the next 12 calendar months. It is a pleasure. I'll see you in about an hour. Can't wait for that to begin. Your subscribers are currently fleeing. You've gone from like 9 million to 4. So apologies. But listen, you're the man who knows about growth. So I can't wait for us to rebuild again. There you go. Pleasure. I am obsessed with you. And guys, in order to close this week's app, enjoy a little um, slightly shady question that I asked Her Holiness Giselle on that recent Potomac uh, screening premiere party. All right, guys, have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, ladies. Um, I'm Sarah with the Andy's Girls podcast. And I just have to say... um, being in this Zoom, this room where it happens tonight with so many Bravoholics, um, the universal answer when you ask a Bravoholic what their favorite franchise is, hands down, is Potomac, um, which says a lot. And so I think we're all hopeful and working together to make sure that even more people are introduced to you. Um, and so Giselle, you know, Potomac maybe took a season or so to catch on for a lot of viewers. Have you noticed a difference in how you're perceived by fellow housewives from other franchises? Mm-hmm. And has that changed as the as your franchise has grown more and more and more popular? Good question. Um, Rob and I actually talked about this as well. When we first started, we couldn't get another housewife to even blink at us, look at us, turn the corner and wave at us, nothing. And not, and that's not shape. That's just, they were doing their thing and they had been doing their thing for six, seven, you know, eight years prior to us coming along. Um, but I think it might have been, I don't know, season two-ish, season three-ish. Robin would have to um, chime in here. They, all of a sudden we just started getting love. And now we do get love. Um, there's nobody that I can reach out to and they're not, you know, hitting me right back up. So any, any of the housewives that I reach out to, it's, it's, it's immediate love. And it's nice that, and it might have been Andy's baby shower that kind of bonded us, um, because that was out of control and y'all would have loved it. I mean, it was just bonkers. Yeah. So... I think that it's great just to like know that that we're all in this sisterhood together.